Hello and welcome to this episode of the Event Manager Podcast, the podcast for curious event professionals who want to stay ahead of the game by hearing from the leading innovators in the event industry. My name is Miguel Neves and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of EventMB. In this episode titled Travel as a Transformative Experience, I have the pleasure of speaking with Patrick Delaney, Managing Partner at Solnua. We cover a lot of topics around the transformative power of travel, including why destination marketing requires an alternative view, how destinations have two masters, the visitors and the local community, why even professionals should get involved in industry associations and how that can really benefit them. How event professionals are fortunate to be able to contribute to societal issues, sustainability issues, and inclusivity issues. And why the event industry should aim to be more reflective rather than reactive. I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation and I invite you to check out the other episodes of the Event Manager podcast with tips and insights from today's most influential event professionals. You can find all the episodes on our website or subscribe through your favorite podcast service. Now for a word from our sponsors, PHL Life Sciences, a division of the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau. Host your convention or trade show in Philadelphia, one of America's leading life sciences hubs. PHL Life Sciences, the first and only CVB division of its kind, will connect you to the professionals at the forefront of your industry and to a culture you can only find in Philadelphia. A city known for its rich history that's forging a bright future, Philadelphia challenges the expected and defies convention. A world of discovery is waiting. Visit phllife.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Event Manager Podcast. I am delighted to be joined by Patrick Delaney, the managing partner of Sol Nua. Uh, Patrick, welcome to the show. Thanks, Miguel. And lovely to be invited on. I very much appreciate it. Patrick, we've known each other for a long time, so this is a, a very natural chat, and it's always good to, to catch up with you. Uh, we haven't done so too much during the uh, the, the COVID pandemic, but uh, we do, uh, of course, take every opportunity that we can to to have a chat and catch up. So, for for those you know the very small minority of people in the world that don't know who you are, could you just introduce yourself and and, and tell us a little bit of how you became you and and became managing partner at Solnua? <laughs> That's, that's a very philosophical question. <laughs> Who am I? Um, well, I'm a human being, first of all, and uh, which is, I think is a very good part to start. I'd say I'm I'm a uh, I'm a curious person. Probably uh, some would describe as somebody with a fully developed personality. I I hope I'm grateful, and um, because I have a lot to be grateful for, and um, you know I have. In this particular part of my career, I've I've been involved in the meetings and events, the business events side for over 35 years. Um, and uh, as you know, probably my background, funny enough, is in, in hotel management. I'm, I was in, in operations. I was a hotel inspector as well, one of the dreaded inspectors that went around um, judging people's standards. And through probably, I would say, if you ask most people in our industry, through good luck and good fortune or... Um, being at the right time in the right place, I migrated into sales and marketing and then migrated from operations into destination marketing and then on to running a classical musical festival and then opening a DMC and then uh, with my business partner, Porrick Gilligan. Actually, our first uh, DMC, by the way, was called Delaney Marketing Consultants. Now, Miguel, 
you're a man is a smart man. I know that you've got facial hair, so that's always a good sign. Um, but DMC, Delaney Marketing Consultants, were, is obviously a play in initials. And it was a great marketing lesson in so far as no one got it except me and the barman who was probably there when I came up with the idea. So we might so were, from being... you were DMC, DMC? Absolutely. And it was, it was brilliant. I just think, God, I'm smart. This is really, really good. But, you know... Forgot that the customer is the most important person. So needed to check it that that piece out, and and but we we changed then into Ovation and, and grew a, a, a very successful company in Ireland, and we became like, as I described it, as the one-eyed beggar in the land of the blind. We were huge and very successful, but Ireland is a smaller market, and and at a certain stage, we 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 had to make that decision either to grow and expand outside of our immediate geographic area. We had already expanded in in terms of the offerings because we were then doing association meetings and and other agency services as opposed to the, as in addition to the DMC work. And then we um, merged with MCI again, a great privilege to to be involved in that company and in its growth. And we rolled out the Ovation brand then in a hundred different countries around the world. And then eventually um, at a certain stage said, hey, listen, that was really good experience, but maybe we wanted to go back to our roots and be a smaller organization. And then we founded Sulnua, which is um, the Gaelic word for an alternative view, which is, I suppose, is, is the sums up the essence of what we offer in so far as we're an advisory that works with destinations, venues, companies in helping them with their sales, or pardon me, with their uh, marketing, training and strategy in the business events area. So it's been a journey and uh, continues to evolve. So I wanted to, I, I really wanted to dig a little bit into Solnua, a different view. Um, why a different view? And, 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 and I guess my question is really around why is that so important when we're talking about destination marketing? Well, I think it's very important in life, not only in destination marketing. And I suppose it, it summed up, I started off by saying we've been involved in this business for sometime, um, certainly in my case, over 35 years, and I've made an awful lot of mistakes. And from those mistakes, I always, when I'm speaking to potential customers, um, uh, uh, and not all customers want the kind of offering that you're, you're, you're proposing. And the offering that we're saying, look, A, don't make the mistakes we've made, learn from our mistakes, would be, I think, in today's world, if you're looking for a safe bet, if you're looking to do just more or maybe even better what's happening already out there, that's a certainly an approach to take. But if you're looking to make a radical change or making it to make a difference, then you, knew, you do need to take an alternative viewpoint. And sometimes that's, you know, requires a bravery and an ability to have the confidence to go look for new markets, new ways of approaching that markets that reflect the changes that are out there. So, you know, Sulnua definitely is um, an alternative viewpoint and that's that's our proposition. And uh, if you're up for it, so are we. And we won't accept uh, any sacred cows, either from our own um, publicity or from your publicity. And we challenge everything. And I think that's a that's a good way to r run your life. And I think it's a, if it suits you and you're willing as I say, to accept that proposition, it's a good way to do business. It does sound uh, like it's a statement in itself, right? So you're not kind of saying we're here to uh, help your destination, no matter who you are and how you see the world, but more like we're here to 
help you if you want to do things differently. A little bit like the the Apple phrase, right? If you want to think differently or act differently, then 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 we might be the right ones for you. Hey, I, I'm going to use that in future. Who, who are these people, Apple? Do you think they'd know if I if I live if I liberated that phrase? And very as usual. But yeah, you summed it up really well. Yeah, I, I should have I should have put it like that. But yeah, and, and it, it does require willing to take a risk because not everything works. And you know, when it doesn't work, you have to you say, hey, listen, that didn't work. You need to iterate and you know, mm. try it fast and, and try it again. But you need to start off. I think it's really important is the attitude in which you start off and you're willing yeah. to continue to learn uh, and figure out, well, that, that works and that doesn't. Uh, do you feel like this is something that you've always done uh and and you know even if yes is it something that you've kind of fine-tuned or developed even more as as you've kind of learned the industry and as you've developed the, the business yeah that's a great question i don't i'd love to think you know i thought this out on myself i just think i've as i, as I said i've made so many mistakes and when i look back in those mistakes it's usually based on an arrogance or an unwillingness to take risks and in that environment, um, when I when I was willing to do those two things, one is to listen to people who know more than I do, and to stop and think and reflect. Then it's always turned out better, you know. Maybe not, and certainly not the way I intended. You know, I have no crystal ball. I never go into a situation knowing exactly how it's going to turn out. But I think what I have become over the years, I've been clear about what I think is important. I think I've been understood, as I said, that there, there are, I need to be closer to customers. You need to be closer to what real life is and, and how easy it is to become, um, you know, uh, bound up in, in, in your own publicity and your own um, belief about what, what you know everything. And, that, and that, I don't think that's true. So it might suit my personality, but uh, I think of maybe, <laughs> maybe over the years it's been beaten into me as opposed to me kind of coming up with it myself. Very no, thank you for for that insight. So I, I like to ask this question because it's a it's a bit of a fun question, but it, it has a serious point to it. When when you're talking to people who are outside the industry, how do you explain what you do? Oh God, I panic. The first thing I think is, oh my God, am I going to explain to them? They think I'm a party planner or I organize conferences or something. I, I normally say um, I connect people. I help them learn more about what they know and I introduce them to things that they don't know and experiences they haven't had. And that usually kind of people stand back and stop and then allow you to expand on, you know, they, then they, they, they kind of allows you to expand on the fact that you're not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, although probably that's their skill sets that do come in and, and meeting planning. But yeah, I, I, it's a nightmare. And I actually, I, I get annoyed with people who try and put, you know, our industry in a very limited view of as if we're, you know, we, we just organize meetings as if they happen without any pre-planning, without any goals and without any purpose. And so I, you know, I don't mention the meeting or the tourism or the planning in any way initially. I just try and leave it out and hope that I can start the dialogue. Very interesting. I, I get the connector answer and the kind of connecting people comes up a lot when I ask this question, but there's a number of different kind of angles that people take. And I think some people choose to acknowledge the, the, the planner or the party planner um, connection and just enhance it. Others choose to kind of completely step aside from that. I think in your case with, with marketing destinations, 
there's probably a, a more kind of open-ended kind of parallel in, in tourism and travel that, that's easier to understand. But I see that you kind of didn't go there. You didn't want to kind of the idea of selling a country or sell or helping others sell a country is is probably a little abstract as well and might may not be very helpful in that sense. Well, I also think it kind of limits the view because I think in today's world, that's probably always been the same, is that people are very conscious about authenticity, sincerity, and you can want to sell your destination or your business offering. But if it's not something that's of interest, then you know, you're wasting your time, you're trying to teach the pig to sing. And I don't believe in teaching pigs to sing. I mean, they're not very good at it. And it's a waste of time and it annoys the pig. So therefore, mm -hmm. I think you start off with an attitude of saying, hey, listen, this is what I think if you're if you expand your viewpoint, then you can you can show the potential customer what might be of interest and what are the benefits for him or her, should I, him in the, in, the, in the widest sense. Uh, of that word. Um, and then then when the potential is there, then you can try and match the two together and customize it in whatever way. And that could be, you know, for an incentive program, it could be for a, a conference, it could be for a business meeting, whatever that is. But unless there's an interest, unless there's a potential for some benefit coming, then it's a waste of time. And I think today people are even more sensitive because there's less budget, less time, and more interested in choice and they will decide whether or not you're going to do business or not. Very interesting. If you'll allow me to uh, keep keep picking at this a little bit, sure. I, I wanted to explore. So if you if you feel that a client comes to you or a potential client comes to you and says, you know, we want to work with you, here's a, a bag of money, and you just cannot work it out. It's just for some reason, it just isn't right for you. How do you deal with that? Uh, and, and how do you, I mean, assuming that you don't take the business, how do you, how do you manage that situation? Well, first of all, I have to tell you, I always try and take the business. So I'm not going to say, uh, you know, my starting point is I'd love to do business with you. Um, it becomes self-evident, I, I, evident, never mind evident, uh, whatever word that means. Uh, I, I think I am, a, a, you know, a professional and I want to be successful. And I think that, you know, when you, when you do business with somebody, you've, you, your, your proposition is I'm going to help you be more successful. And in order to do that, you're going to have to get the best out of me. And sometimes organizations, you know, you don't connect, you don't connect personally, you don't, you don't have this, the right level of offering. For example, we're a small, you know, advisory, you know, um, some people need sometimes they need to have the stamp of a very large organization. And really what they're doing is they're buying the badge. Now, we don't have a badge to offer in our particular case. We have solutions, and they may be even better than those offered by the badge. But if what you're looking for is the badge, the safe bet, then you know there's, there's no amount of connectivity that you can generate because it's not valid. So I think you have to have your own personal pride. You have to have a sense of what's appropriate professional. And you know, it's like the same way should, should all events take place, they should not. <laughs> you know, should they take place in this particular way? Absolutely not. Were there meetings going on pre-pandemic that were absolutely boondoggles? Complete true. So, you know, it's, 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 I think it just plays into that, you know, if it's valid, it's worthwhile, then we're gonna do it well. And we're going to do it in the most effective way possible. Uh, and uh, but you know that's that's life.
Yeah, that sounds like a, a pretty good line to follow and, and kind of to, to how to choose clients or how to how to manage client <laughs> they, expectations. Have them choose you. You know, I've often chosen clients, but unfortunately they haven't chosen me, which is very disappointing. <laughs> so you mentioned this already a little bit. Um, what really in your mind in terms of destination marketing and, and, and events, if you want to go there as well, but yeah. thinking more in destination marketing, what really makes a, a, a great campaign or, or a great kind of piece of work with a destination from something that's just standard, you know, what really differentiates a, a great piece of work? Um, I suppose a great campaign is one that resonates with those that you're it's it's uh, it's aimed at. So therefore, what makes how, how do you resonate? I think you resonate when you're relevant and uh, you're effective in getting out that message. I mean, in the old days, um, you know, from in, in terms of positioning and marketing a destination was it was basically broadcast, you know, get the awareness up to as wide a group of a group out there as possible because the size of the audience was relatively smaller now you know if you look at the marketplace today it's much more niche it's much probably more discerning um, and there's also i think there's a realization on behalf of the destinations that they have two masters they have the local community and then they have the potential visitor and there's got to be a balance between the two so a great campaign is one which is authentic, that that understands that you know success also has to be success for the visitor who comes to that destination and has the wonderful, you know, life transforming experience, but also that it it helps to enhance the local community's quality of life. So there's you know there's a completely I suppose there's a, there is a um, there is a balance to be had. In fact, I was just reflecting on, you know, have things changed radically? There was a it was a book I remember reading in, in college called um, Tourism, Blessing or Blight by George Young. And I think it came out in, in sometimes in the mid 70s, you know, but that question always is out there, you know, um, is a great campaign, something that brought loads and loads of visitors into a destination and then turned that destination to exactly why the people didn't want to come in the first place and did it turn as we saw in in a number of of destinations prior to the pandemic which over tourism was was completely ruining the experience for the visitor and the experience for the for the local yeah i think very very important things to to highlight um you kind of touched on this a little bit already but how have things changed? You've been involved in destination marketing, you know, since you were two years old, of course. And yeah. I'm sure that campaigns have changed quite radically. Um, it, it, you know, of course, we could we could talk about this for hours, but are there kind of particular trends that you've seen change throughout the years in terms of what you know campaigns really resonate? Well, I think that the the platforms in which the campaigns you know, are, are mediated through. That has changed radically. Um, but the, the fundamental of a successful campaign has always been, and I just don't want to repeat myself, but it has to be authentic. You know, uh, it has to resonate with the audience. It has to be true. And, and great campaigns, if it can be, you know, a little bit of humor and if it has emotional connection. And um, prior to, you know, the digital age, those campaigns were done in a much more analog way. Um, you know, and and the you it was harder to target the appropriate 
uh, recipient of the of of the message, it was harder to get the vast exposure you need today, especially at the price points. So I think, you know, the 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 great campaigns are still the same uh, as they always have in terms of their fundamentals. Um, but in terms of the medium, which media which are used to get that message out and to get the God, I'm going to use that word engagement to get that connectivity going, um, you know, because it's a, there's a much more discerning audience, probably a more learned audience, you know, that that, uh, you know, I look at my, you know, my own my own children, you know, I'm privileged to I think there's very few countries in the world or destinations in the world I haven't been to. But, you know, I achieved that over a long period of time. Now I sit down with my kids and they've just come back from South America or they're off to, you know, Thailand or they're just come back from some great destination in Europe. And I kind of go, wow, and what age are you again? You know, well, I'm 30. Oh, right. You know, I barely left the country when I was 30. So I think there's a, you know, there's a different audience out there. I think that's the big, that's the big change as well. Absolutely. I think you bring, you bring up a really <clears throat> interesting point and then the changing audiences, I think the, the marketing and the work that we do has to always reflect that. Yeah. Now, I know you don't just do, I mean, you do incentive programs, so you have worked a lot with incentive programs, yeah. you do destination marketing, but you also do a number of other things. You MC events, you build conference programs, you consult. I'm probably missing a handful of other things that you do hundreds of other things not a handful again hundreds of other things to do yeah how do you balance all that and is there a, a sort of you know a thread that brings everything together that offers some consistency so people can see you or are you just comfortable with doing all these different things and that's okay too well if you ask my wife how i balance everything and um, she says badly so that's the so let, let me start by saying that I, I do i'm i you ask me you know who i am i'm curious and part of that curiosity is is that need to to be exposed to and learn new things comes via some of the things that you mentioned you know and the and I, I do call them a privilege to, you know, to be involved in the ICABES marketing ward or working with IAPCO or with PCMA or, you know, with site, you know, you get exposed to a lot of smart people, a lot of great content and new things uh, that, you know, I just had no idea were out there. And I'm learning from that. You know, I follow you. I follow your blogs. I listen to them. I think, God, why didn't I think about that? That's so smart. That's so interesting. So I think I'm, I've always been interested in doing a number of things. And, you know, I, again, I feel privileged if I'm asked to MC or participate in other conferences is a great way of getting exposed to new content. Uh, so I put a priority on making time to do them because I think it helps me grow as a person and I want to continue to do that. And as a professional, I need to do that as well. So it's a great platform for me to learn. And, you know, I would really advise anybody who hasn't been involved in any of the organization. You know, you and I met, uh, Miguel, I think initially through MPI, another great organization. You know, be involved in associations. You know, don't just pay your membership. It's a waste of money. If that's all you do. Because if you get involved, then, you know, you will learn and you'll be a better person. And I think that's, that's a really, really special thing that I think we don't do enough of. We can kind of say, oh, yeah, I'll just I'll take out a membership or, you know, I'll just turn up and, you know, oh, I didn't enjoy that conference. It was useless. But, you know, that chance to interact with people um, on a personal and professional level. And, you know, again, Miguel, you and I, again, I keep in contact over those years. 
look at that. We wouldn't have met if we hadn't been involved in in, in associations. And and uh, it's it's a you know real privilege. No matter where I go around the world, I know people. I can learn from them their insights into their destinations, into their lives. It's just uh, it's just fantastic. You're really taking the mantra of connector and connecting um, always with you. Yeah, well, I think it's fundamental. It's fundamental to it's fundamental to my character. It's fundamental to what I believe we need more of. Gosh, do we need? We didn't need reminder of that in these in these really dark days with the situation in Eastern Europe. I mean, we need to connect. And when you connect, when you know and get to know other people, it's very hard to get to be annoyed with them, and it's certainly very hard to fight with them. And then you also realize, gosh, we can do things together. You know, if I can learn about that, and you can see it at conferences, you know, that exchange of knowledge. You can see when people go to different destination, they learn, you know, maybe all those wonderful people are not as different as I am. They just have a different, maybe a different upbringing. And maybe their view of life is something that I could take on board. And I'm, I should do that. So that connectivity, I think, is, is so important. It certainly expanded my view of the world. And I think, uh, you know, hopefully the world is a better place for it, but I am certainly a better person for it. Are you ready to celebrate your successes in the world of meetings and events? The Skift Meetings Awards are back for 2024, recognizing the most innovative business events companies across 15 categories, and we want you to be a part of it. Winners will feature on Skift Meetings, sending a clear signal to events professionals around the world that these are partners they can rely on. The final deadline for submissions is June 11th. We encourage you to start your submission today to secure the best entry rates. For more information and to start your submission, head to live.skift.com. So I hope this doesn't come as a, as a trick question, but I, I'm, I'm curious if you've ever uh, considered writing a book or, or maybe something that you're already working on. Uh, but if you if you did, if you were working on something like that, do you have any idea what you would call it or, or what the kind of maybe the, the, the central theme of, of a book uh, that you would write would be about? Wow. Um, no, no, I'm not writing a book. I don't think anybody would <laughs> be interested in, in reading it. Um, I, I beg to differ, but... Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to start writing a book immediately. I've always wanted to write a book. It could, um, you can just add it to the many things that you already do and that your <laughs> wife kind of hates you for. So, but... uh, I might call it um, Lucky Me. Lucky Me, because, you know, I didn't plan... <laughs> There's no way, when I reflect back over my career... Um, did I plan to go into this um, wonderful uh, industry or, or sector? Um, but through good fortune of other people, um, you know, have I been exposed to opportunities, to experiences um, that I would not have? You know, I, I, I'm Irish, which of course is a privilege in life, but you know, I grew up in Dublin. Um, you know, probably if I looked at lots of my friends, they they enjoy living in Ireland. It's a fantastic place to live, but they they haven't been, you know, to 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 the very many destinations around the world that I've had, and I have, they haven't met the people again. You know, they haven't met the people and learned and what's out there and been motivated. I mean, I I'm just so motivated by by the different experiences and had the chance to contribute. Because I think that's the that's the great thing about our industry that we don't um, we don't uh, celebrate, and I think it's 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 obvious because when we went to talk to government, they still don't understand what we do, but we don't celebrate the potential 
to have impact. And, and I'm so delighted that impact and legacy, you know, are becoming two topics um, of, of, of really central uh, platforms for, for, for people are talking about, because we can have really, you know, really positive impact for good on a level that is uh, far, beyond, far beyond my pay grade anyway. I think you've, uh, you've, you've nailed it. You've you've nailed the, uh, the 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 title of this podcast. So you've really um, helped me define the title of this episode, which I think is is great. Um, I think lucky lucky me. I think is is, is a great title, and and I just detect <laughs> a a great sense of just humbleness and um, gratefulness for, for for having these opportunities and and for yeah, everything. Of lots of reasons to be humble, Miguel. I can tell you that, and uh, anybody that knows me as you do can can reaffirm that. But we are privileged. We are privileged to be, you know, to have those have those levers in our hands to participate, to play our part, you know, and you know, on the on the on on any of the industry, any of the societal issues, you know, obviously on on on. The sustainability issue, inclusivity, you know, all of those issues, we can play a part and we have the ability to do that. We just need to take the opportunity and we need to shout about it and we need to celebrate the fact that we can do that and then be recognized as, and, uh, you know, that, that that's the platform we have. And certainly that will get over, you know, and, and, and many the dark night when you sit around and you think, why am I doing this bloody thing? You know, what's the purpose? You know, and and I think that purpose is certainly what drives me. And I think what we we need to always be clear about the purpose, uh, and and we have a we have a big purpose in life if we if we take that opportunity. Yep. From a events may seem very um, lighthearted and simple, but there 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 can be a important purposes behind Absolutely. them. Absolutely, and, and that and doesn't mean them. that we don't have fun. And you know, purpose is certainly to bring joy and and uh, enjoyment. This is not, you know, I'm not carrying the burden of the world on my <laughs> shoulders. What I am carrying, I think, is the opportunity to um, let people grow personally and professionally and have brilliant experiences. And as you know, from a destination point of view, when you go to this, you know, when you really have an experience, when you get to know those, you get to know the locals, you get to know what's important to them, your life is expanded. You have a lot of fun. You have a lot of crack, as we'd say in Ireland. And that's really energizing. The crack, I think that's- The crack that's is a... good. Yeah, you better explain that in the podcast, that it's, of course, a Gaelic word meaning fun and has no reference to that other sometimes misunderstood use of the word uh, in, in terms of drugs. When it's spelt out, it's easier to, to differentiate, yeah. of course. <laughs> right? but it took me a crack few years to figure out what that meant. Yeah, crack is kyol, as we'd say, music and fun. Excellent. So uh, you, you mentioned a little bit about the challenges um, that, that the industry is facing. Um, could you maybe, what do you think are, are, are the biggest challenges that, that you think we're facing? And, and, you know, feel free to pick on current challenges because we're recording this in, in March of 2022. And of course, there's a uh, conflict between Russia and Ukraine that is happening right now that is on, on everybody's mind. Uh, feel free to pick on that one. Or if there's any other challenges that you see that you think are, are really important for us to, to face head on. Yeah, well, obviously, real life is is very much um, in front of us. And if your heart doesn't break to see those scenes of refugees, of struggling to, to survive when you have a situation which is really hard to understand why, you know, you have such um, 
such a terrible imposition of one nation against another probably when it's not the nations it's it's the leaders and um, because there's so much you know historical and cultural connectivity between those the, between ukraine and russia so that's really really sad and i suppose you know it probably brings me on to a, the, the biggest issue i think that we all face is as 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 as, as in ukraine which you know I'm, I'm i'm kind of reluctant even to talk on bigger on bigger issues when you know being alive and staying alive is 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 the most important thing but if you if you take that being alive and staying alive if you take that and just transpond it into a slightly bigger environment you look at sustainability and that has to be the biggest one because if we don't if we're not in existence you know if we don't listen to the science and every report that comes out and i'm you know i'm i i am not somebody that has always you know like my good friend guy bigwood who's been talking about this for quite some time i'm you know i'm only i'm too stupid to have figured it out but you know even i can understand that the science is telling you that unless we do something we are not going to be around and if you're not around you cannot make those connections you cannot build so i think you know that's obviously the you know in in terms of the wider issues you know for us to address those because there won't be some of those wonderful destinations around the world uh won't exist and those that do exist they're that you know they're offering the the, the climate you know as we can see it in in you know the floods the fires things that are changing fundamentally those destinations and what we find attractive about them and that's all based on on the on the sustainability aspect so we really have to do that uh, you know we have to meet that challenge head and it means you know it means that we all have to you know we'll, we we we'll, we have to take our actions being very very practical and um, so i don't want to in any way uh, undermine the awfulness of the ukraine situation um, because my heart just just i just i just cry when i think about that 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 waste of human life um but i think taking that as a theme then building on to sustainability has to be the big issue and then you know on 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 kind of lower levels obviously if if we do get that together then you know what type of events we run you know we get back to you know do they have a purpose how are they run the the operational side of how they run um, should they happen in the first place? And we, you know, these are questions that have always been there, but they become more the imperative to answer them intelligently um, is is much more uh, immediate. Um, you know, so what type of events? What are the type of experiences at those events that we should take that should take place, and and how they're run? All of those issues we're facing, and then as, as, you know, these are these are not my particular insights. They're just out there, and they're obvious to everybody that you know how we include people and how we 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 make sure that um, these issues are addressed. And these these are not woke issues. These are real issues that you face every single day. Uh, you know, and I really object to people when they kind of say, "Well, you know, this means you've got to you know, this means sacrifice and it means actions." So, you know, I, when I'm talking about sustainability, I always think, oh, I love showers. I love letting the water run for hours and hours. You know, well, I've got to stop doing that. That's stupid. That's not, you know, so you've got to get down to practical, really practical issues, as well as the bigger issues. So all of those sustainability goals, you know, we, we just got to start changing our behavior. And I've got to be the first one to start. And I mean, sustainability comes up a lot in conversations about challenges, and yeah. I do not disagree at all. Um, yeah. Do you feel that the industry is serious about sustainability? And and I and I ask that in the most open-ended way possible. 
I hear sure. a lot of talk, um, but ultimately this is a, a wasteful industry, right? We we travel around the world. We bring people together. We we do things that are up on the opposite end, at least from, from ecology, from the ecology side of sustainability. So how serious do you think the industry really is and, and can we really make a difference? Well, I always look at myself, first of all, and 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 certainly you know, as as I freely admit, I'm I'm on a journey, and that journey has been one where I would be the first one to kind of say, yeah, yeah, it's it's really really important, but not me, Lord. You know, let somebody else start. So I think, you know, if you if you reflect on these things, we we as an industry have been wasteful, and we continue to be wasteful. But so have a lot of other industries. But I think that that change in in saying. You know, if you think about the offering that we make in terms of if I'm going to a destination, if I'm going to an event, what's the purpose? What's the outcome? What's the impact of that? Um, absolutely, I am totally committed to the idea of bringing people together because I think the benefits of bringing people together, whether you're going to a destination, you're learning, you know, you can't fight with people you know. You know, you can't fight with them uh, to that kind of level. So the whole idea of travel as a transformative experience, I think, is really, really important. We probably have to do less of it. We probably have to do it in a different way when we come together, how we run those meetings. But they're all relevant issues that we should have been asking anyway. And we weren't asking. So, you know, are all incentives good? Is is a, like is incentive the ultimate in boondoggle? You could ask that question. Well, it is if it doesn't change behavior, if it's not based on the idea of why would you run an incentive program at all, to reward and change behavior, to there's a purpose. And if that purpose is valid and is relevant for today, then you should do it because it has a positive legacy and impact. But we have to ask ourselves the question. And, you know, I certainly have to ask myself that question every single day. And sometimes the answer is a very poor no, I'm not doing enough. I'm not taking it seriously. But that doesn't mean that the question isn't a relevant one. Thank you for, for addressing that and, and your honesty in addressing that. I think it, it is important that we're honest about such a such a big issue and, and one that takes that may take significant changes in the industry. You know, it's it's oh, not oh, it something. Will. And well it look it's it's self it's self-preservation. If we don't do something, I mean you can see it out there. That's only I'm saying it's it's obvious. The destinations are saying, the landscape is saying it's changing. Yeah. So if we don't do it, it's we don't have an offering. If we don't have an offering, we're not in business. So it does become a bit of a short-term goals versus long-term goals, right? You you, yeah. you might be blinded by short-term goals of keeping the business alive, but if you don't address the long-term ones, then you've no business in the first place. So yeah. forget yeah. it. Exactly. And it, you know, if you could change something, if you had the power to really change something in the industry, um, what what would that be? And, and maybe it's sustainability as well, but is there anything else that you would really like to, to change at a fundamental level, if you could? Wow. Um, <laughs> I think I would like to change, if I could, in, in myself, is to understand what we do and why we do it and to be more reflective on, on that. Because I think if... If, if I did that more, then the choices I make would be more appropriate, they'd be more effective, and they'd be more relevant. So, you know, you rightly said, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the, the guilty, guilty party, hands up, you know, I'm very reactive, I've been very immediate, not, not looking in any way beyond my, my nose. But I think 
if I was to try and certainly what I try and do, what I'm trying to do, and I think it's probably might might help others as well, is that if we if we reflected more and took a, a, a even a slightly more long term view, then what how what we do and how we do it, I think would change radically, and I think that would benefit the industry, and it would benefit the world, and I think that that's if I if I was if I had the magic power to make us all stop, which I suppose in one sense was the training the training course that we all did through the pandemic, where lots of things which I did for granted, I took for granted, were taken from me immediately. And it was a right kick in the bum. And, uh, you know, it, it, it made me stop and made me reflect much more than I would have, you know, normally because I was running around like a headless chicken. I like that. I think it's, yeah, it's that reflection rather than reaction, I think is probably part of part of what you're saying there right yeah yeah Very i think I, I certainly could reflect more and and then and then you know maybe you, you decide to do the same things uh or maybe you decide hey, i'm not going to do that at all or i'm certainly going to do it differently but at least i'm asking myself those questions before before i, I jump back in yeah and that's okay right i think you you choose to do the same things that you would have done anyway is fine but you'd be much more sure of yourself right and yeah you'd yeah absolutely yeah exactly what we're doing yeah so we've talked a little bit about you know challenges, things that you would change in terms of the future of the industry. You know, we're obviously, hopefully, fingers crossed, coming out of a two-year COVID pandemic uh, that's definitely left its mark on the industry. Um, do you have any sort of clear vision or any vision of of how events and incentive travel and destinations are going to be different? Um, in the future, and, and I'm kind of talking more about a, a more settled future, not necessarily, you know, like sure. next week or next month when sure. things are still a little unsettled. But how do you think things are going to settle down? What are, what do you think are going to be the big changes? <laughs> well, I don't know. Let me tell you. And anybody that tells you they know, um, I would say treat them with a, a high degree of skepticism. Um, what appears to be Miguel the situation is, and I do believe that. Our industry is relevant. I think what we do is important. So I think there will be an industry. So I think that's a good start. That's happy days. There is a future out there. And um, what does it look like? A lot depends on, on what we do, you know, and, and how we approach it. Because I think there is no doubt that, you know, choice on behalf of customers has been more finely tuned. You know, whether, you know, and how they get what we're offering, how they're going to access that. And you know that from the whole virtual, the online world, you know, um, the when when we have face to face, will it be much more experiential? Will the experiences be more relevant, more real? Uh, absolutely. All of those things seem to make sense in terms of how we promote destinations, you know, that they have to be more balanced in terms of the offering and what's the impact on the local community. I think all of those parameters are out there um, and that's all I know. I, I can see those being pillars from which we will need to bounce off and define our plans. How that's going to look, I don't. I honestly don't know. But I have this overall arc uh, and narrative that, you know, in terms of customers, choice, they're going to be more, um, they're going to be more, they're going to choose with much more, um, discernment, whether it's because they are more knowledgeable about how our business works, what's important to them, 
And so therefore, we as as providers of that, you know, the supply chain, you know, if you look at the in the immediate sense, you know, some of the great suppliers that we would have all known are less are not around anymore or they're a lot slimmed down than they were. I think the way we go to market and and the, the reason why we go to market, particularly the reason the why I think is going to be much more important. And if we can find that connection, then it will happen. But in truth, I don't know. But I see those as as pillars that won't change. Uh, and each destination and each business is going to have to fine tune their offering in relation to those pillars of of um, you know relevance, purpose, effectiveness, uh, and and what I, I suppose that what always reminds me is you know when people are talking about all the time well which which platform will I use you know is it going to be digital is it going to be face to face why are you running the event in the first place you know what's the purpose of it and therefore then what's the most appropriate medium. And then you choose which is which is the which is going to give you the best results. That's the most appropriate legacy. There, that that's the kind of thinking. And in that framework, the future will be mapped out. Uh, and if we think about anything else, it's it's we're just going to get it our ways around. Brilliant, love that. I, I think uh, very interesting. Going back to sort of what you're talking about, being reflective um, rather than reactive. And it does sound like what you're suggesting is you're confident that you know that the industry makes sense and that events make sense, it, you know, the right context and, and, and suited uh, in the right way. And you're also kind of suggesting that the audience and the target market is much more um, also reflective, maybe not necessarily in a, in a Zen Buddhist kind of way, but the pandemic oh. has made them question a lot of things and they won't be as reactive or maybe do things as they've done in the past just because that's what we've done for the last 10 years or something like that. So it does sound like the reflective sort of angle or the kind of thinking more about things is going to change things from all angles. And, and maybe the exact setup of events and things may not change that much, but there's a deeper change that is likely to happen. Yeah, and, and that can have a radical, it can have a radical change in, in what we do because the event may not take place that trip to that destination may not take place, or it may take place for a longer period of time, or with a different combination of people in terms of scale or size. So all of those things are going, the good, you know, they will, and that will change the way, you know, we, um, you know, on the supply chain will have to react to that because that's a different, a different offering. Um, but the good news is, you know, travel, I absolutely um, believe that travel is a, is a really positive, transformative experience for most people. I really believe that events, uh, you know, meetings and events, um, business meeting events are critical to um, a better world, a better society, and can be really effective. Um, they're the, you know, that I'm, 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 I've never been as convinced before because I can see in their absence, I can see what, you know, what, what was missing. Um, how we, how we fine tune that offering will be, as radical as we won't, that won't happen at all, but or the way in which it happens will be very, very, very different, and that that requires taking risks and and maybe letting some some really things that we liked or were very profitable go, and uh, and we have to try and find an alternative, which is why I suppose coming back to the ability to take risks and to take a different viewpoint, I think is really important at this stage. That perfectly wraps it up and, and sums it up for us. So that, that that's great. Um, I want to 
end there, but I wanted to ask you one last question, which we ask all our guests. Hopefully it's not a huge surprise to you, but we'd love to get a recommendation from you for someone else uh, to be uh, a guest on, on the podcast. So if there's anyone who you can think of that would be a great guest, we'd, we'd love to have your recommendation. Uh, well, I'd have to recommend my business partner, Boris Gilligan, because he's, he's much smarter than I am and very articulate and a really, really smart guy. So, you know, I'd, I'd have no hesitation in uh, or have, you know, yeah, I haven't had him on already, but definitely he, you know, I'd, I'd recommend him um, because he's a, is a, is a really, um, you know, a person who, who uh, has vast knowledge of this business and is, is very articulate um, uh, in, in expressing those insights. So uh, unhesitatedly. And and, and he's also a great musician as well. So and he's uh, a great musician as well. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I just hope can... he's not happy with all that talent. That would really depress me. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Patrick, thank you so much for, for being um, on again, the show. It's been, it's been a pleasure. such a pleasure to, to talk to you. And thank you. Thank you for the privilege for being on your show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Event Manager Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. For the latest news and the best articles on technology and innovation in the event industry, head over to eventmb.com.